give him praise. Hallelujah. What a great God we serve. Amen. Good to see everybody here tonight. I know we're keeping our youth out with us. Just so Pastor feel like he's got someone to preach to. But we've got a wonderful group of adults on this third post-COVID evening on Wednesday. It's good to see everybody here in the house of the Lord. Thank you for coming out. And we just pray that as we continue on, more of us will bust out of our cocoons and come on back to the house of the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, good to see you tonight. We're going to be reading from the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse number 16. The Lord has been blessing, blessing the church. And we're so thankful that we continue to baptize people all the way through this thing. And just uh, on Sunday, we didn't set up the baptistry here, not this Sunday, but the previous Sunday. But we had a brother we baptized at uh, pastor's house, came out of the water talking in tongues. We're thankful for that. Had two of our young people get the Holy Ghost loose and her sister received the Holy Ghost at Wynn's conference. Somebody shout revival. We just need to continue to go forward, believe in God, and just speaking this wonderful gospel. In fact, I'm going to talk to us about that tonight. I want to talk to us about the power of the gospel. Tell your neighbor, the gospel's powerful. Gospel is powerful, and you and I need to get a quick revelation. Who we are and what we are, and how close we may be to God, or how far away we may from be from God, does not change the power of the gospel. The gospel will never lose its power. It will always be able to impact the hearts and the lives of men, and the Lord wants to use me, and he wants to use you. Tell somebody near you, God wants to use you. Tell them, you don't believe that. I said God wants to use you. That's a little better. I believe that in Jesus' name. I feel like the Lord has a word for us tonight. I am excited about our first weekends of the month. How about you? Well, we're going to do morning and night services and see God do wonderful things. We'll try that out, and, and who knows where it will go from there. We'll just see how it all how it all flows and unfolds, and uh, we weren't even sure about Wednesday nights, but I, I am now. We're just going to continue to have our Wednesday night services. I believe they're important. We hear the word, and, and uh, it's a time when our young people gather together. I believe next, next week they're not going to be with us, so we're going to lose that right arm over there. They're going to be having, I think, is it next week? First week of... Wednesday, first Wednesday of next month. Okay, so they're going to be with us all month. And uh, we, we're, we're glad to have you. You're full of so much energy and faith and power and love. And good to have you. I love you too. Romans chapter 1, verse number 16. Paul the Apostle says to the church of Rome, For I am not ashamed. Tell your neighbor, I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Listen to this. For it is the power of God. Think about that. The gospel. For it is the power of God. 
unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. God bless tonight. Touch my mind. Help me minister the word of the Lord. Father, I pray that this gets a hold of us this evening. Lord, that we leave from here understanding the power of the gospel. The influence and the impact of the gospel. Father, turn us into preachers. I ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Tell two or three people around you, you are a preacher. You can be seated. Paul the Apostle tells the church of Rome that this thing called the gospel is the power of God. When we begin to think about that, of course Paul says the power of God unto salvation because that is the purpose, the fulfillment of the gospel. To reach the lost, to uh, get into the heart and the mind of a man, of a woman, and to bring them to God, to cause them to recognize their life of sin, the fact that they are untoward, away from God, that every man has sinned and comes short of the glory of God. That's what the objective of the gospel is, to reveal to us our need of a Savior. But I am so thankful that the gospel doesn't just reveal, but that it is the power of God. And when my sin is revealed, the gospel doesn't only rip open my heart and let me see who and what I am, but the gospel has the power to put me back together again, to bring me out of my sin, to bring me to Jesus Christ. <laughs> Woo! Ah. I got to look into that. The Lord began to, began to deal with me. In fact, uh, the Lord actually gave this to me today. We were riding alone in the, in the van, my wife and I. And my wife says, I want to sing you a song. I said, we, I thought to myself, we've been married 33 years. She ain't never said that to me. She has never one time said, I want to sing you a song. And I put my phone down. This is pretty serious stuff. I put my phone down, put everything aside, and, and uh, I folded my arms in my laps, and I looked at her, and I said, Sing, baby, sing. And she said, The Lord laid a song on my heart this morning. And, and she began to sing the old, the old hymn, the, uh, the, the battle hymn, public, public how's, it, how's it go, baby? Sing to me. You did it in the van. Just give me a tune. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. The truth keeps marching on. It's the gospel. She started singing that song to me. I'm going to tell you, I felt the Holy Ghost and the Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to talk about the power of my gospel. I want them to hear it all over again. That when you open up your mouth and you begin to talk about the death, burial,
burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You and I need to understand the impact it is making in the spirit realm and upon the heart and the life of that individual. Somebody shout hallelujah. It doesn't matter what you may be seeing with your eyes. It doesn't matter if it appears nothing is going on. I'm here to tell you the gospel is the power of God. Nothing can resist the power of God. Hallelujah. Think about that. The power of God. Everything that compasses God in all of His eternity, His glory, it's all wrapped up in the gospel. Power is the very essence of God. It is in His divine nature. God's absolute power coupled with His absolute authority. Allows him to do whatever, whenever, however he pleases at any time. We ask ourselves the question, what is the gospel? Paul answers this for us in 1 Corinthians 15 and 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the... I declare unto you the... One more time, I declare unto you the, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you which also ye have received and wherein ye stand. Friend, I want to tell you, when you stand in the gospel, there is no devil, there is no enemy, there is no power, there is no temptation, there is nothing that can take you out because the gospel is the power of God. He said this gospel that you stand in by which also you are saved. Remember what Paul said to the Romans, the power of God unto salvation by which you are also saved. If you keep in memory that which I preached unto you unless you have believed in vain. Don't get out of the gospel. Don't leave the gospel. Don't walk away from the gospel. If you get out of this gospel, you believed in vain. If you step out of the gospel, you step out of the power of God. You step out of the anointing of God. You step out of the protection of God. Stay in the gospel. For I believe unto you first that all of which I am also received how Christ died. What's the gospel? Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. What's the gospel? Christ died and Christ was buried. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. What's the gospel? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
It may be a roundabout way, but I'm going to tell you what the religious world has done. They have stepped out of the gospel. No wonder so much sin has entered into religion. No wonder they're ordaining homosexuals. No wonder they're allowing same-sex marriages. No wonder they're allowing all kinds of immorality amongst their people. They have stepped out of the gospel. How do you know that, Pastor? Because they'll tell you that it's not necessary to be buried. Baptism isn't necessary. Friend, when I tell you every part of the gospel is necessary. You can't leave one part out. You must die. You must be buried. And you must resurrect. You must repent. You must be baptized. And you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let's worship the Lord for a moment. <clears throat> From the very beginning of time and creation, we see the power of the gospel. In fact, I want to tell you, if you see a demonstration of God's power, the gospel is going to be wrapped up in it. Genesis 1 and 1. We cannot find a more explicit, a more uh, outward expression of the power of God than the creation. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, we see one of the greatest demonstrations of the power of God. If the gospel is the power of God, then it must be in the creation. The power of God, the created power of God, the gospel of God is seen. Look at verse 2. And the earth was out form. It was dead and it was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. It was buried. But the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. It resurrected. In the very first comment out of the word of God, we see the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Because Jesus Christ was crucified before the foundations of the world. God had already planned it. God had already put it together. God had already laid it out. He was crucified before the earth was ever made. I'm talking about the power of the gospel. Come on, don't let me lose you. The scripture says, it was without form. It was dead. It was dark, and beneath the waters, it was buried. But the Spirit moved, and it resurrected. God does not randomly show His power, His display of power. He displays it from heaven, 
And in that display, you will find the gospel. Every stroke of power displayed by God contains the gospel. Everything that God has ever done has pointed to the fulfillment of Jesus Christ and his purpose upon this earth. He said, think not I've come to do away with the law or the prophets. I've come to fulfill them. We see it in Noah. And I'm just going to run through this. The earth was dead in sin. A stench in the nostrils of God. God buried it in the flood waters. But not long after, a little olive leaf in the beak of a dove landed upon Noah. What is that? The resurrection power of God. Even Simon Peter understood when he said in 1 Peter 3 and 20, which sometimes were disobedient when the long suffering of God waited for the days of Noah while in the ark was a preparing wherein few that is eight souls were saved by water the like figure where even unto baptism doth now save us not the putting away of the filth of the flesh but the shed but the answer of a good conscience towards God how by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Paul the Apostle put it this way. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his, that whereof we were. Come on, come on, stay with me. It's on the screen, people. We're in class. Respond. Know you not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ. We're baptized into his. Therefore we are with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised from the death of the glory of the Father. Even so we should also walk in the death. Burial, resurrection, where the gospel is preached, the power of God is present, and it will transform, it will renew, it will resurrect, it will form again, it will recreate. God's gospel was in the deliverance of Israel out of Egypt. He delivered them out of Egypt, walks them through the Red Sea, buries their past in it, that they come out on the other side resurrected to a new life. Paul put it this way, Moreover, brethren, I would not have you be ignorant how that our fathers were under the cloud, passed through the sea, were baptized under Moses in the cloud of the sea, did eat spiritual meat, and did drink the same spiritual drink that they drank in the spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ they came out of the dead sinful Egypt they were buried in the sea and they resurrected to the power of the spirit of the water of the rock I'm telling you when God does something great his gospel is wrapped up in it (laughs) 
God's power takes something that is dead. He buries it. Then through his glory, he resurrects it. Taking the dead and the resurrection. It's how he works. What do you and I, I tell you, we got to ask ourselves a question. Why do we let fear grip our hearts when we see the one that God has put on our heart to go and minister to? And we look at them and we say, God, but they're dead. God, they're hopeless. God, there's no chance. God says, you don't understand the power of the gospel. This is my specialty. The deader they are, the better I am. If you don't believe it, Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha's sister, he said, he's dead. Lord, by this time, he actually stinks. He's been there for four days. Jesus said to her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe thou shouldest see the glory of God God don't care his gospel is not moved it is not threatened it is not intimidated how much somebody is locked up in sin how deep they are buried that's no impact or effect on the gospel when we open up our mouth When we open up our mouth and the gospel starts coming out, the ground starts trembling, the stones start rolling, the glory starts falling. (coughs) Come on, I'm trying to help somebody. Don't give up on them, don't quit on them. Preach the gospel, don't stop. Preach the gospel. Don't quit. Preach the gospel. But pastor, they're in sin. Pastor, they're in rebellion. Pastor, they're locked up by drugs. Pastor, they're bound by spirits. Jesus was the embodiment of the gospel. He walked along the coast of Galilee. The Bible says a man with legions of demons in him saw him at a distance. Even 6,000 demons could not stop that man from falling at the feet of Jesus Christ because the gospel, the gospel, the gospel is the power of God. We're trying to break chains through psychology. We're trying to break chains through education. We're trying to overcome things through the means of man's hands when the only thing that has the power to resurrect it from the dead is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the moment you stop relying upon your ability, your talent, your influence, your good looks, your money, your persuasion, your position, or anything else, the moment you stop relying upon those things and you just open up your mouth and you begin to speak, What the world deems to be foolish. Think about it. The gospel. Which the world. Deems. To be foolishness. All. That word says. Is the power. God. And they may think it's foolish. But then I got another question for him. 
You know, you've all experienced this. Mom and dad never says nothing. Uncle and aunt never says nothing. Siblings never say nothing. Their sibling is bound by drugs. Their nephew is bound by drugs. Their son is bound by drugs. You never hear a word out of them. And then one of these gospel-toting, preaching apostolics show up and open up their mouth and break every demon in their spirit and crush every yoke that's upon them and drives out every desire of every drug through the power of the preached gospel. And they come in and they fulfill the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection. All of a sudden, mama and daddy rise up and they hate what's going on. Aunt and uncle begin to speak against it. Siblings, it's like they would rather them be on drugs than to be in an altar somewhere worshiping their God. Friend, it's because it's foolishness to the world. But to those who receive the gospel, it is the power of God unto salvation. It is deliverance for the soul that was bound by sin. Oh, let's put our hands together. Somebody help the preacher. I'm trying to get us to understand something here tonight. You got a power in you that nothing can resist. You got a power in you that nothing can stand up against. Quit letting the devil intimidate you. Quit letting your co-workers intimidate you. Quit letting your family intimidate you. Love them. But open your mouth and speak the gospel. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, speak the gospel. Tell your neighbor, speak the gospel. Lord, he stinks by now. I said, roll away the stone. God, they're too bound. I said, speak to them. Lord, they don't love you. I said, open your mouth and speak to them. Let them hear the most powerful thing that has ever been released upon this planet. Don't you realize that the very first time recorded in the word of God that God ever opened his mouth, he spoke the gospel before anything else was said. He spoke the gospel. We don't need to forget about the power of the gospel. This gospel is powerful. I'm going to bring this to a close in a little while. 1 Corinthians 1 and 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the... I think sometimes that you and I assume... That the gospel is only as powerful as our walk with God. <clears throat> the devil has fooled you into that. Because if he can keep you in condemnation, you'll never open your mouth. Because somehow, some way, inside of your mind, you think that your level of righteousness, which by the way, is already wrong because you're not righteous within yourself. You're righteous because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I walk with God. 
Our righteousness with him is about us and him. It has nothing to do with the gospel. God takes care of that by imputing his righteousness into us. So that when we fail, his righteousness, his grace and mercy, it covers us. So that the gospel is never at stake. The gospel is never in a position to be compromised in its power. It is based on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God. It doesn't matter how much you and I lose our power. It doesn't matter how weak we become. It doesn't matter how many times we fall. We can be in the depth of our worst moment. But if somebody comes by, I'll give you an example. My sister never knew this truth. She started dating a man called Blackie. They worked at the same place at Sitco Plant. He was a backslider deep in sin. They were in sin together, actually. Him and her living together, doing what they should not, uh, not living, but you know what I mean, just getting together, doing things that they should not be doing. He was a backslider, and she found out that she attended some charismatic church. He said, woman, let me tell you something. There's only one God, and his name it's Jesus Christ. And you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sin. These words came out of a man in sin who was backslid. But they so impacted my sister. She became convicted. She found a church. She got baptized in the name of Jesus. She was filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and began to live a life of holiness. Of course, she had to break up with Blackie. But the point is this. The gospel never loses its power. I am not giving us a license to sin. You know better than that. I preference this with this. Me living righteously. It's about me and God, getting close to God, living for God. But I will never rob a soul of an opportunity to hear the gospel of Christ. If God puts him in my life, if I am moved upon, no matter where I am, no matter the state of my mind, when I open my mouth and begin to speak the gospel, it will impact their life. Now, I can feel you only receive that 50% of the way. And that's why your results are so pathetic. Because you are constantly bound by your own failures. And in your mind, the gospel has no power from your vessel. If there's any failure at all, then I got news for you. The gospel will never have power in your life. Because the thing about God is the closer you get to him, the more you learn just how far away you are. Come on, somebody. The closer you draw to Jesus, you don't feel righteous. You don't feel like, hey, I made it. Isaiah. Isaiah, the Lord spoke to him about revival. And Isaiah said, my lips are unclean. I think that was Isaiah, right? 
So I said, yeah. And he said, my lips are unclean. The people are unclean. God. So God just said, look, told an angel, go get a coal. If it's going to make him feel better, go burn his lips with a coal from the altar. But I got news for you, Isaiah. My revival is not based on your righteousness. My power is not based on how good you live. But the beauty about this is when you open your mouth, the Bible says we are made overcomers by the word of our testimony. When you open your mouth with the gospel, it will draw you closer. It will give you power. It will give you anointing. You will overcome. You will walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh by the power of the gospel. Man, I wish I had a couple more of you. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. He has put it inside of me and he has put it inside of you. You are the vessel. You are the chosen one. He said, I called you out. I picked you. I looked through the crowd and I found you and I chose you and I pulled you out and I put my spirit in you. I knew every failure. I knew every fault. I knew everything you would do, every word, every thought, every action you would ever make. I chose you to carry my gospel. I pulled you out of sin. I brought you into my marvelous life. I put my revelation and my truth in you and I let you go. Like a sheep among wolves to go out and to speak the gospel. Think about the power of gospel. What do you think would happen right now if you went and got a little sheep and found a pack of wolves and took that little sheep and threw him amongst the wolves? You think the wolves are going to scatter? No. They're going to begin to rip that thing to pieces. Look at the confidence that Jesus had and what he put inside of you. He said, I send you out like a little helpless sheep in the midst of wolves. But I am not worried. I know the power of the gospel that is in you. His 70 came back to him and said, Lord, we laid hands. Eyes were opened. Ears unstopped. Lame walked. And even the devils were subjected to your name. It is the gospel. What would happen if we would truly begin to use it instead of trying to just shove our doctrine down? Instead of trying to get somebody to understand the oneness of God. Don't you understand? The carnal mind cannot understand the things of God. They cannot perceive these things that God has revealed to you through His Spirit. But every heart, every mind, every soul can understand and receive the power of the gospel. What do you say we just get back to the simplicity of the gospel? We just get back to the preaching of the death, burial, and the resurrection. He loved you so much. He died for you. They buried him, representing the remission of your sins. He resurrected, representing the power he wants to give you, sir. He wants to give you power over all of the power of the enemies of your life. It is the power of 
the gospel. Can you say amen? We have allowed man to turn this gospel into just another story. Just a book that has been written. You read articles today and that's how they talk about it. Oh, you know that history book called the Bible. It gives the history of the Jews and these different things and areas and all all that they say. They can't comprehend that the words of that book could forever change their life. Even in its most simplest form. Not complicated or proven by science or theory or proven by archaeological diggings that finally show. You know, I love that. They say, well, King David probably never existed. And then they find King David in the ground. You know, not his body, but artifacts. And then they say, well, so-and-so never existed. And then they find artifacts. And well, so everything that they try to say never existed. It seems like God says, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll bring somebody to the site and I'll let you see how many times God says, how many times do I have to show you before you understand and believe that every word written in that book was orchestrated and penned by my hand through the hands of men and then inside of that book is eternal life search them he said wherein you might find eternal life dig them out and look and if by chance you get lucky enough to run into this thing that I call the gospel it will change your life for Forever. Somehow you and I need to understand the power that abides on the inside of us. Our faith needs to be renewed in the gospel. When we walk out of this building tonight, something on the inside of us needs to say, the glory is in me. The power is in me. The anointing is in me. I don't have to be perfect. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to live for him the best I can. I preached it on Sunday. I'm in love with David. But sometimes I'm a little too loyal to the flesh. I preached it on Sunday. But I'm here to tell you, at no given time does the gospel lose its power. Our faith needs to increase. Everywhere as the disciples went preaching, this gospel turned their world upside down. And when they found them, they drew Jason and certain brethren to the rulers of the city crying that these are they that have turned the world upside down. They had come hither. Also, there was something about the power of the gospel. Their reputation preceded them. Everywhere they went, we're talking about fishermen. We're talking about tax collectors. We're talking about lawyers. We're talking about ordinary men with no special talents or ability. But they turned the Roman government upside down. They tore apart the theologies and the false worship of all the gods in Asia. Everywhere that they went. And they did it in such a simple manner. The death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I bid, I cry out, I plead with the sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. Let's get back to the gospel. Stop complicating this. It's simple. It's simple. He loves them. He died for them. He was buried for them. And he resurrected for them. He said, but those words are so simple, but they're the most powerful words in the universe. And if you let them flow out of your heart with faith 
with this understanding. You know what made Paul the apostle so incredibly powerful? Paul the apostle didn't. You read his teachings in the word of the Lord. You don't find him eloquently uh, explaining the beauty of the oneness of the Godhead. You, except for the one time when he said, hey, bro, there's one God. That's his explanation of the Godhead. There's one God. You don't find him trying to beautify words. In fact, the, in fact, Paul the apostle said to himself, I don't come to you with men's wisdom and enticing words. He said, I come to you with the power of the gospel, with demonstration of the spirit of the most high God. That's how I come to you. But you know why Paul the apostle was so impacted with the gospel? You study when Paul stood before kings, when Paul stood before common men, every time when he opened his mouth, he gave his personal experience. Listen, there is nothing more more powerful than when you mix the gospel with with your personal experience they might be they might be able to argue with scripture but they can't argue with an experience you can say i was in sin i was bound by sin i was bound by sin sin had me but then I went to a church and I heard the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I believed it in my heart. I want to tell you, they're going to feel the passion flow from you and the impact of this gospel, which is the power of God. It's going to begin to dig deep into their heart. They're not going to be able to deny it. They're going to understand that they are looking at a new creature in Christ. The power of God, which created the universe, I'm closing, created the universe and parted the sea and being and changing lives ever since the very beginning of time. The gospel does not just change a life. It recreates it for the love of Christ constraineth us because we, we thus judge that if one die for all, then we are all dead. Everybody say dead. And that he that died for all and that that they uh, which live should not henceforth live unto themselves but unto him which died for them. And everybody say rose again. Verse 17. Therefore if any man be in Christ he is a. He is a. He is a. I want you to look at the power of the gospel. It doesn't only recreate you. It washes away your past. It takes away everything that you've ever done. Every sin that you have ever committed. And it casts into a sea. Never to be used against you. Or remembered against you again. By the only one that matters. And that is God himself. Men might bring up your past. The devil may bring up their, your past. And then the best one at bringing up our past is who? Us. We might bring up our past. But God's going to scratch his head. Because the gospel is just too powerful the gospel is just too powerful that no matter how much you try you can never bring your past from under the blood you are a new creature in Christ this is powerful takes away our past never to be remembered us again Turns us into a new creature in Christ. Opens the future for us to go forward in him. I think I'm done. 
in the gospel. So what is it? What is it, Peter? And then he said unto them, repent. You have to die. Be baptized. You have to be buried. And receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You have to resurrect. You have to resurrect. The gospel. The power of God. Let's stand to our feet. Say it with me. The gospel. The power of God. The gospel. The power of God. The gospel. The power of God. It resides in me. And no matter how deep in sin they may be, God loves them all. I've already said this to this church. We live in a generation where we're going to see all kinds of things come into this altar. All kinds of situation that sin has gotten people into. That even maybe deep down inside they knew it wasn't right, but yet controlled by the lust of the flesh and driven by the power of demonic spirits. They have done things to their bodies and done things to others that cannot even be reversed. And they will stand in this altar. And it is my job and your job to love them. And it is our job to preach the gospel to them and if God fills them with the Holy Ghost that is his business and that person becomes a child of God and a member of the kingdom <clears throat> I don't know what all we're going to have to see or run into as the days come and go I just know this one thing there is nothing that a single person has ever done on this planet that's more powerful than the gospel. Because the gospel is the power of God. I didn't preach this part. Another hour. Unto salvation. Its purpose is not just to transform. Its purpose is to keep you to the end. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. I am telling you this. The gospel that's in you is able. Do you hear me? The gospel that is in you is able to keep you through everything. Don't you let that devil lie to you. The same gospel that changed you when you weren't even thinking about him. That same gospel that found you and redeemed you and brought you out of your sin. That same gospel that delivered and cast out demons out of you and changed your life and put you on a road of righteousness is the same gospel that will never let you go. It will always cleave to you and it will keep you for it is the power of God. Lord, I come to you right now with this congregation. We pray before you. Father, we open up our hearts and our minds and our mouths unto thee. 
Oh God, we call upon your name because you are righteous. Your gospel is eternal and it never fails. It is foolishness to men, but oh God, to us, it is the power of salvation. It is the deliverance of the soul of man. And so, Father, I pray right now. I pray for myself. I pray for this wonderful, beautiful congregation. Oh God, give us a fresh revelation of the gospel. Give us a fresh revelation of the power of the gospel. That no matter where we go, there is no demon. There is no sin. There is nothing. There is no addiction. There is nothing. There is no illness. There is nothing, oh God, that is more powerful than this gospel. And if we'll just open our mouths and begin to talk about the beauty of the gospel, of how much you love them, and how that you died for them, how you were buried for them, how you shed your blood for them, how you resurrected for them. It will break any hold of sin. It will penetrate any wall of hardness of mind and heart, no matter how thick it is. Oh God, it is the power of the gospel. 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 Can you say amen? I hope that we will leave here tonight with a fresh revelation of what abides in us and that what is in me and what is in you is the only hope of humanity. It's not complicated. Don't make it complicated. It's not difficult. Don't make it difficult. Just love them. Just love them. And when you get the opportunity, just open your mouth and talk about the gospel because it's the power of God. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Greet one another. Be sure and tell them the gospel's in you. And it's the power of God. Be kind to one another. Speak well of one another. Uplift one another. Promote one another. Prefer one another.